Okay, so today we are continuing on in our gratitude series. And we are talking about an almost taboo topic in churches and spiritual communities, and maybe even in personal relationships, which is anger. Anger. So a couple months ago, I was contacted by this guy on Instagram, and he has this page called The New Evangelicals. Does anyone know this uh, Instagram handle? New Evangelicals, does anyone know this? Yes, yes, okay. So two, and I know that um, a couple people online are familiar with this uh, Instagram account. Um, so I don't know this guy, okay, but we kind of follow each other on Instagram and then uh, he hit me up um, a few months ago, shortly after uh, a lot of like Asian Americans were getting attacked, right? And um, by like random people, you know, random racist people. And maybe th it's because this guy, I think he lives in Connecticut and he doesn't, not, he doesn't know a lot of Asian people. <laughs> And uh, so he random, he's like, hey, this guy looks Asian. And so he randomly reached out to me on Instagram. And uh, he knew also that I was um, a church planter. You know, we're, we're trying to start this new church. And so he asked if he could interview me, uh, you know, interviewing me about all of this stuff that was happening. Oh, this was actually uh, shortly after the Atlanta shootings when that guy went into like a, a, a massage shop and like started shooting like Asian people, you know, um, and wanted to like talk about this together. So um, he interviewed me and then we had a good like 30 minute discussion on, on this account. And uh, I really appreciated the questions he was asking me. And so I continued to follow his account and some of the rants that he was having <laughs> online. Um, so for those of you who know uh, who he is and this account, like this kind of stuff that he shares, I think his name is Charlie, I kind of forgot. Um, yeah, I think his name is Charlie, but yeah, he just goes off on these like rants, these like angry rants. So, so you two know, you, so you know what I'm talking about, right? He is just like, a lot of times it's, um, and they're really good, you know, they're really honest, critical, um, usually objective rants about the problems that he has with established churches, maybe with like super right-wing um, white evangelicalism, and uh, I appreciate most of the stuff that he shares. But after a while, I realized all he does is do angry rants. That's it. That's all he does. Am I wrong? No, that's right, right? That's, that's pretty much all he does, right? And I'm like, uh, after a certain point, I think it's, like, it, it's not really productive. And it gets a lot of like interest. It gets a lot of engagement. And it gets a lot of follows on Instagram because a lot of people resonate with a lot of the stuff that he's saying and so as he's going on these rants and you know and then you could read on some of the comments like people are just like uh, agreeing with him they're like yeah yeah like f those guys you know those guys suck you know like oh I am so like traumatized by the church and this and that and all this stuff right and so um and so it's good that the stuff that he's saying is resonating with people but after a certain point it kind of stops being productive and it just it's just a echo chamber of angry post evangelical Christians just like feeding each other's anger and um, yeah and so I kind of have to like ask myself like is there a point to all of this 
You know, is there a point to all of this? And then uh, how productive is anger anyways? And does anger even prevent us from being grateful people? You know, uh, does anger even prevent us from being grateful people? So I was like asking myself all these sorts of questions. And so um, that's really what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Uh, anger and gratitude. And there's no easy answer for this. Okay. I'm just going to tell you up front right now that there's no easy anchor for this, but we're going to try to explore this together. If you have your Bibles, would you pull it out um, or your Bible app? Go ahead and pull that out. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 32. Um, I think I, yeah, it's also here. Yeah, it's also here, so you can look on the screen. And I'm reading from the NIV today. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord, as we explore this often neglected and um, ignored, topic of anger, would you reveal the struggles that we have within our own selves, within our own hearts, and would you help us to explore some of the unresolved pain, some of the unprocessed anger that we have been holding on to. Oftentimes, we hold on to so much anger that we don't even know that we're angry anymore. It's deeply embedded in our subconscious, and it often goes unnoticed. Lord, bring these things out. Help us to be honest with you. Help us to be honest with each other, our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors. Uh, and help us to be honest with ourselves because it's so easy to fool ourselves sometimes and to pretend like these things that we're harboring are not there. We lift this up to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. All right, so we are today talking about anger and gratitude. Now, this theme of anger, surprisingly or unsurprisingly, um, depending on your perspective and experience with the scriptures, anger is a theme that 
appears pretty often throughout the Bible. Uh, everywhere from Genesis and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, Ecclesiastes, Psalm, Proverbs. It's actually a theme that's seen throughout the Bible, for, but for some reason, we don't really talk about it in spiritual communities very often, and we don't even talk about it in personal relationships that often. And um, I'm kind of wondering why, okay? So I kind of wanted to ask you to start us off, why do you think we kind of uh, steer away from talking about this topic of anger? Okay, and I'm, I'm genuinely asking you, okay? This isn't rhetorical. Uh, let me know, why do you think we rarely talk about anger in our personal relationships, in communities, in your own life? It's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we avoid talking about topics that are uncomfortable and oftentimes um, conflict. We avoid conflict too because we're afraid it might lead to anger. Yeah, or, or they might both lead to each other. Oh, yeah, they feed off each other, conflict yeah. and anger. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's frowned upon to let our emotions like uh, get out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. What else? Yeah. 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 In the church. Yeah, in the church we tend to brush it off, overlook it, and um, <laughs> the cliche, oh, just pray about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with all of these things. And um, well, one kind of thought I had was like, do you think in, the, um, in our culture at large, anger is almost um, considered to be a bad thing? like it's evil or it's bad to be angry, you know? Um, so even if we are angry, we don't admit it <laughs> because we think it's like, uh, it's bad, you know, or it's evil. Um, but actually, if you look closely at the passage that we just read, um, okay, it, it, it talks about anger here uh, a few times. If you read it closely, does it actually ever condemn anger itself? It doesn't, right? It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry. Okay? Um, and then later on, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Now, this part right here, rage and anger, we will talk about. 
Um, but at the beginning, when it's introducing us to this theme of anger, it doesn't condemn it, right? It says, in your anger, do not sin. So uh, the thing that you were talking about, Hong, right? Like, we're afraid we'll let our anger, um, uh, we won't be able to control ourselves, right, in our anger, right? So we definitely don't want to do anything we'll regret when we're angry. Um, but at the same time, it's not saying, like, ang anger is evil or anger is bad, right? And then later on, it says, do not let the sun go down while you're angry. And ultimately, what that's saying is, like, don't stay angry, <laughs> It's okay to feel these feelings, these emotions of anger, but just don't stay there too long, right? Just don't remain angry, right? And so, uh, as I shared earlier, there are different passages that also talk about anger. Um, uh, and here are some of the other passages that also deal with anger. Okay. Can you see? Yeah, okay. Um, Proverbs 19, 11. It says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his, his or her glory to overlook an offense. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for, angry lodges, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. And James 1.19 uh, and 20, which we actually talked about a few weeks ago, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. Okay, so um, all three of these have something in common when it comes to anger, when it says, when it's saying something about anger, and what does it say about anger? There's a key word that anger uh, goes, it kind of uh, pairs with. Slow and anger, right? And then also says here, slow to become angry. And here it doesn't use the word slow, but it says be not quick in your spirit to become angry, right? So anger is not bad in and of itself, okay? And this is the first thing that we have, the first truth uh, that we have to realize about anger is that uh, anger, anger is a natural God-given emotion. God gave us our hearts, and so every emotion that we feel in our hearts is natural, okay? Uh, happy, sad, uh, what are the five emotions? Anger, um, fear, and, uh, oh gosh, there's a, oh, shame, shame, shame or disgust. Okay, that kind of uh, varies, okay, depending on who you talk to. Shame or disgust, okay? So anger is a natural, God-given emotion. Uh, and so like the passages that we just read, none of those passages actually condemn anger, but it actually says, like, if you feel anger, this is what you should do with it, or um, don't be too quick to be triggered by your anger, or become slow to become angry. So Bible mentions all of these various passages, but they don't ever condemn it, okay? Uh, they don't ever condemn anger. And there are situations in life where it's actually, you're supposed to get angry. And I would even say it's godly to become angry. Okay, let me give you one recent example, all right? Um, have any of you seen this? Yeah? So uh, the American... 
American Olympic gold medalist Suni Lee was pepper sprayed recently, just a few days ago in LA. Okay, so um, she was waiting for a ride uh, when a car drove by with people shouting racist slurs and they sprayed her with pepper spray. This is an American Olympic gold medalist. And when you see this, like, it should actually make you angry. If it doesn't make you angry, uh, I would say something might be wrong with you. <laughs> um, maybe you don't care about racism in the world, right? Uh, maybe you don't care about racism that happens against fellow Americans. So there are certain things that happen in life where it, you're actually supposed to be angry and it's actually a godly thing to be angry. When you think about um, people like, you know, famous, respected, uh, altruistic people in our history books, people like Mother Teresa, who saw like the extreme poverty by the masses, by the thousands upon thousands in Calcutta, India. She saw that and she was like, this isn't right. This, and it would actually make her upset. It would actually make her angry. And so that's why she moved to Calcutta, India to try to help them. When you read about people like Rosa Parks, who was like, you know, uh, you know, sitting at the front of the bus. And I didn't really know a lot of the details regarding this, but um, I, I found out that like uh, some of the details are that when she was riding the bus, it was at the end of a long work day and uh, the back of the bus where all the African-Americans uh, were forced to sit, it was packed and there was plenty of space in the front of the bus where all the white Americans were sitting. And so, and she was just tired and so she didn't want to stand and so she wanted to sit, right? And uh, when people asked her like, oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you lead this revolution? And she simply said, I was just tired. <laughs> it might've been she was physically tired but she was also pr probably really tired about all the racism that was happening and the segregation that was happening in the world. And so, like, anger is this natural God-given emotion and oftentimes we are, um, it's actually godly, it's actually more respectable to do something with your anger. Now there is a big difference um, between anger and rage. And actually, let me go back to um, this passage. Okay, uh, here it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Now, okay, so I have to, I, I hate, uh, or I try to avoid going into like Bible teacher mode, but here I can't help it, all right? In verse 31 of this passage, um, in the original language, uh, these two words are not separated, okay? It's just one word, okay? But for some reason, in English translations, uh, the translators felt the need to expand upon just rage, okay? In, in case like people weren't exactly sure what that was, okay? So bitterness, okay? I don't need to explain what bitterness is. Rage and anger, okay? But in my opinion, those are two very different things, okay? These are two very different things. Anger is, like, like I said, it's a God-given natural emotion, okay? God gave us our emotions and so if you're feeling angry, that should be a trigger or a flag, a signifier telling you something is wrong, right? Something is wrong within yourself. Something is wrong with what's going on around you. Something is wrong with society, okay? Uh, so anger is a natural God-given emotion. Rage, however, is different. Rage is when you are in a constant state of anger, 
even if nothing is wrong. Okay? So there are people who are just full of rage all the time. Especially in 2021. Right? Feeling anger uh, when you see injustice um, is expected and even godly. Rage, however, is when a person is in a perpetual state of anger even when nothing is wrong. Now, by show of hands, does anyone know anybody who, who is a person of rage? Who's just angry all the time? Like, even when nothing's wrong? Okay, that's rage. Okay, there's a big difference between anger and rage. Now, <laughs> the problem with rage is that um, rage prevents you from fully enjoying life, okay? Uh, it makes you uh, see, always see the worst in people. It always makes you see the worst in people and it manifests in your behaviors and your worldview and rage makes a person blind, deaf, and dumb. Okay, this means that uh, it makes them blind, okay? They don't want to see other people's pain. It makes them deaf. They don't want to hear anybody else. They don't want to hear any other voices, and they don't want to understand, really, what's happening around them outside of themselves. And they, uh, and, uh, they don't want to really, really know what's going on in the world, okay? It's because of rage that we have mass school shootings. It's because of rage that we have senseless acts of violence and hate crimes. It's because of rage that we have a bunch of people storming the nation's capital on January 6th. There is a huge difference between rage and anger. So if you are feeling anger, okay, you have to process that and you have to ask yourself, why is it that I'm feeling the way I feel? And is what I'm feeling truly anger or is it rage? Okay, and this is the other thing that this passage teaches us about anger, all right? Um, oops, sorry, I just jumped to the end. Uh, anger processed loses its power. When anger is processed in a healthy way, it loses its power. Like I said, anger, when you're feeling anger, it is a flag or a signifier or it's almost like a traffic sign saying like something is wrong, okay, like a warning sign, all right? It could be uh, something that's genuinely wrong in the world, the, the society that you see around you. Maybe you see injustice happening and it's making you angry. Um, but if it's rage that you're carrying, that you're har harboring, that it's totally unprocessed, uh, it can lead to all sorts of bad things, okay? Like today's passage said, it can lead to bitterness, rage, as we discussed. It can lead, it can lead to slander, uh, or it can lead to malice, okay? This is what happens when your anger goes unprocessed, okay? When you don't explore your feelings of anger, when you don't share it with people, when you don't admit it, <laughs> and then you just keep it bottled in, it will manifest itself in these other ways, like bitterness, rage, slander, and malice. Um, yesterday, 
As uh, most of you know, I am a chaplain at, uh, now currently at two different hospitals. And yesterday I was at one of these hospitals and um, I was going through my rounds and I was visiting patients who haven't been visited yet. So most of them were new patients. And I visited this uh, older woman and I introduced myself. And typically what I say is, hi, my name is Al, I'm your chaplain today. I came to check in on you to see if I could provide any religious, spiritual, or emotional support. How are you feeling today? And this woman, she said, physically, I'm feeling fine. Emotionally, I'm not that great. I was like, oh, tell me more about that. That's like one of the key phrases that I was taught to say. <laughs> tell me more about that. And she said, well, if I'm really being honest with myself, I think I'm depressed. I said, depressed? And she said, yes. Um, yeah, physically I'm, I'm feeling better, you know, but like I'm feeling depressed because being in the hospital reminds me of the loss of my daughter three years ago. So she lost her daughter when her daughter was only in her 30s. She was very young. Unfortunately, they found um, that she had uh, cancer in her kidney that was uh, really aggressive. And they did whatever they could to try to save her life. Um, but she was... She passed away after one month of discovering that cancer. And as she's sharing this with me, she's like crying. And um, she also shared with me that uh, her daughter's husband, the widower, um, tried to get as much money as he could from uh, her life insurance. And um, he, he seemed oddly like fixated on that. And then as soon as he got this money, like this is like within just a couple months after she passed away, he bought a house in Utah and a new Tesla and found a new partner like shortly after that and like has been living with this new partner with their son. And I, I, I was like, well, that, that's a lot. And I, I said, it sounds like he moved on really fast. And she said, yes, he did and I hate him for it. I'm so angry at him. Sometimes I want to drive to Utah and just destroy his car. I'm so angry at him. And, uh, and then her tears of sadness became tears of anger, like she was so full of rage. And she admitted to me, like, I've never told anyone that before, that I'm so angry at him because I don't want to make him look bad to my other kids or to his son, who's my grandson, but I'm so angry at him. And that's when I shared with her, um, have you ever heard that depression is anger turned inward? And she says, I've never heard that, but that's exactly how I feel. This is what happens when your anger grows unresolved, ignored, or unprocessed. It eats you up inside. It turns into bitterness, rage, slander, or malice, just as today's passage explains. This is what like blows my mind about like the Bible still to this day. Like, um, when Apostle Paul was writing this, it's not like he is familiar with like human psychology. 
okay? He's just like channeling the Holy Spirit that's like, you know, speaking through him and he's just like writing these words and he has no idea how profound these words are. And God is giving Apostle Paul these words to write this letter that he's sending to this church in the city of Ephesus and he has no idea how profound and how precise these words actually are. When you just ignore your anger and you, you actually let the sun go down on your anger, you just kind of like keep your anger bottled in, it turns into something much more destructive and uh, something that kind of eats you up inside. So here are the problems with these, these things like, um, oh, is he okay? <laughs> here, are, this is the problem with these outcomes, okay? When you ignore your anger, and it turns into bitterness, rage, slander, or malice. Okay, bitterness causes people to have a victim mentality. It can make people feel like they have a the world versus me mentality. Uh, and it happens to see, uh, it, it usually sees life a lot worse than it actually is. Now there are people who are naturally optimistic and pessimistic. Okay, that's fine, that's normal. But bitter people, uh, is, it goes beyond just pessimism, okay? It actually makes the world look a lot worse than it actually is, okay? And uh, like I shared with this uh, patient that I saw yesterday, um, depression is anger turned inward, okay? So if you ignore your anger, uh, it can either lead to bitterness or depression. And I've, I've struggled with depression for most of my life. Um, and part of the reason why I don't struggle with it as much is because I actually talk about my anger. <laughs> this is so wild because like when um, I first saw, uh, when, when I, I saw my first therapist and she would, she would ask me like, Al, how does that make you feel? I would talk about the situation or I would talk about uh, Becky or I would talk about like, uh, my daughter, or I would talk about like uh, what's happening in my life, and then she was like, "No, no, no." But how does it make you feel, right? I'm like, "Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm like I, I had no idea how to like talk about my feelings because, especially for men, particularly for like Asian American men, like we don't really we don't really know how to like pay attention to our feelings, right? And then after a while, she's like, "This is like." after like 20 minutes of her asking me, how does that make you feel? And then after a while, I had to say like, uh, I think I feel angry. She's like, yes. And she was like so proud of me and like she was like so excited. She's like, tell me more about your anger. I was like, uh, well, I think I feel angry because uh, I didn't deserve this. And she's like, yes. And she's like so excited that I'm actually talking about my anger. And I was like, oh, so this is what it's like to talk about anger. And then when I'm able to recognize that and like actually talk about it, um, and you, <laughs> nowadays I, I, I talk about it with my current therapist, you know, um, but, you know, but I only see my current therapist once a week and so all the other times I like just like unload on Becky and I'm like talking about my feelings and she just goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't even know if she's like listening to me, but it kind of doesn't matter because I just need to like <laughs> let it out, okay? Uh, and then I, I, I think, I think that's why I don't really get depressed as often. It's because I'm actually processing it, okay? Um, and part of it is because I'm an extrovert and so I need to process out loud. For other people who are introverts, maybe they help 
maybe they process better like on their own, maybe writing in their journal or like praying or like going on a walk and actually like, you know, processing through these things on their own. And when you process anger, it loses its power over time. And lastly, the last thing that this passage teaches us about anger is that when actually anger is processed in a healthy way, when anger is actually processed in a healthy way, it can actually produce goodness. It can actually produce goodness. Again, like I said, anger is like a flag or a, or a, or a signifier. Okay, it's pointing to, it's trying to alert you of something. Okay, it's pointing to something deeper that's happening. All right, something maybe you see injustice happening or maybe you saw or your friend is being mistreated or um, yeah, it, or there's something happening within you. Okay, so when you're feeling anger, you have to explore that and process it. But when, and when you do, it can lead to good things. It can lead to healing. When anger is processed in healthy ways, it can lead to healing. That patient that I just shared about, um, that I met with yesterday, after she shared all of these things about how she's so angry at her, um, the daughter that passed away, her, her husband, um, and she was crying these tears of anger, and I just like sat with her in her anger for a few minutes in silence. Um, she said, I actually feel better that I got this off my chest. I almost feel like this was confession. And she used to be Catholic, right? And she's like, I almost feel like this is confession. And I said, good, I'm glad you feel better. And so when anger is actually processed in healthy ways, it can produce uh, healing. And maybe if anger is processed in healthy ways, it can also bring about restoration. Okay, and, actually, and maybe it could help restore broken relationships. Maybe you're harboring anger that you had against someone for a long time, and you never shared this with this person. And there was this distance between you, and you didn't really know what it was. When you process that, it can actually help restore those broken relationships. And when anger is processed in healthy ways, it can even bring about gratitude. And so, this is how anger ties in with this, the theme of gratitude throughout this month, is that uh, when anger is processed in healthy ways, it can help remind you of what's really important in your life. And these, maybe these broken relationships that are restored, um, it could bring gratitude in, in, those, in those areas. And if it's bringing about healing, it can help you realize um, how you need to move on or you need to heal from something that has happened. Again, oh, this is the last time I'll share about this patient that I visited yesterday. What, this one thing that she said near the end of our visit, this one thing that she said um, at the, uh, that really stood out to me was this. She said, the reason why the loss of my daughter is so hard is because she was such a great daughter and we were extremely close. If I hated her and we weren't close, the loss of her would not be so hard. That makes me very grateful for the relationships that we had. If we sit idly by and ignore anger, ignore frustrations, it will manifest somehow. 
Okay, if we just ignore the problem, it doesn't go away. In, in fact, it does the opposite. It grows, and it'll grow in really destructive ways. So to answer the question that I presented to you earlier, can anger and gratitude coexist? Yes, they can. Rage and uh, gratitude cannot coexist. Rage and uh, gratitude cannot coexist, but anger and gratitude can coexist. So, to close this out today, I'm going to leave you with a very difficult question. Do you have any unresolved anger that God is encouraging you to process? Do you have any unresolved anger that God is encouraging you to process? One last thing I'll share as we close is um, from my, one of my favorite books, and I've read from this before. It's a book of Celtic blessings to bless the space between us. And there are blessings for different seasons of life and moods that people are in. And there is one in here called a blessing for equilibrium, okay, or balance, okay? A blessing for equilibrium. So I invite you to close your eyes and receive this blessing. Like the joy of the sea coming home to shore, may the relief of laughter rinse through your soul. As the wind loves to call things to dance, may your gravity be lightened by grace. Like the dignity of moonlight restoring the earth, may your thoughts incline with reverence and respect. As water takes whatever shape it is in, so free may you become with who you are. As silence smiles on the other side of what's said, may your sense of irony bring perspective. As time remains free of all that it frames, may your mind stay clear of all vexes. May your prayer of listening deepen enough to hear in the depths the joy of God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to explore our hearts, our spirits, and confront us with any unresolved, unprocessed anger that we are harboring. We welcome you, Lord. For we know that more than our offerings, more than our sacrifice, you desire our hearts. So we present our hearts to you just as they are so that you may mold it, refine it, and shape it as you will. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. All right. Have a blessed week. <laughs>